The United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. That's right, the NSCAA is now the United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free, no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join today. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I am Dean Linky, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you that are listening and each and every one of our members of the United Soccer Coaches. I'm thankful as we walk you up to Thanksgiving next week. And with that, I'm thankful for our lineup today. As you remember, I always make the promise to try to talk to the national championship winners in the collegiate game, and we start fulfilling that promise today as we'll talk to Ken Gavin. He's the head coach of the Genesee Community College men's soccer team. They won the NJ. CAA Division Three National Championship this weekend, and also from Brookhaven College out in Dallas, Jimmy Elder, the head coach of the Brookhaven women's soccer team. They're the NJCAA Division Three National Champion on the women's side. Remember, Doug Elder, his brothers, the head coach at Midwestern State, where Jimmy also played. We talked to Doug Elder earlier. He was pretty confident. Jimmy's not too bad himself. Our featured guest today, Christian Lavers. President of the ECNL, breaking down the new partnership with the United Soccer Coaches. And as always, Rob Keogh, the Director of College Programs for the United Soccer Coaches, will end the show talking men's and women's Division I soccer. We start off, though, with a couple of national champions, and we do that after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Want 15 extra hours each week? Team Snap can help give it to you. Their customers save tons of time every week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I am Dean Linky, And if you remember, we came on back in August. I said we will talk to every national championship coach. And guess what? The NJCAA Division Three National Champions were crowned this past weekend. And from Brookhaven College in Dallas, Texas, they're your women's NJCAA National Champions, and they are coached by Jimmy Elder, and Jimmy joins me now. Jimmy, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've only been there three years. You're already a national champion. That's not too bad, Coach. No, it's not. I'm very happy about that, and uh, I can tell you we all worked really, really hard, very diligently to accomplish that, so extremely proud. Let's talk about this weekend. Talk about uh, your games this weekend and how you pulled it off, Coach. We're the representative from the South, uh, the Texas area, and uh, most of the teams uh, in the NJCA are are off the East Coast, so we went up there to play basically uh, uh, the best of the best on the East Coast, and uh, we started with uh, a little, little school out of Montgomery, who uh, we played last year in the third, fourth place game. They haven't had as, as great of a season as we have. Uh, we polished them off 3-0 in the first uh, the, the round of, I guess, the Elite Eight. Second game uh, brought us to the, the Final Four. We played, uh, I want to say they were the sixth seed in the country, um, a team we also played last year, Rowan Gloucester, uh, out of the New Jersey area, I want to say. And we just kind of beat them up 2-3-0, uh, which led us to the final game against the number one seed, which is Herkimer out of New York. And they've been sitting in the number one spot, I want to say, probably half the season. They, I think, had one loss all year long. 
And we did a lot of scouting of it. We, we, we watched them closely. A lot of the teams play the similar style um, that Herkimer does. And so we were pretty optimistic going in. And uh, the game was uh, pretty hectic because, uh, of course, it was 35 degrees. And we're from Texas, so that, that was a shock. Uh, secondly, they had probably, God, uh, just a boatload of fans there. We had virtually zero fans there. And, and they were loud, aggressive uh, excuse my uh, terminology, but obnoxious to a degree, and fired up their team and made it difficult for us. But nevertheless, we just we pecked away at them. We pecked away and we pecked away. We got a goal in the first half. And uh, uh, same in the second half, we wanted to pad the lead and finish the game. And, uh, God, the shot count was, I think, 15-16 uh, to zero uh, up until the last two minutes, and they got a corner kick and they scored. You know, soccer, just crazy. And deflated deflated our entire balloon for a little bit. We were really worried. And, and of course, their team was just emotionally uh, on on fire, and the fans were going crazy. Just the last thing we needed to go into sudden death overtime. But we all looked at each other in the eye, and we all kind of reflected on how uh, the challenges we had to overcome all season long and the hard work we had to do and how close we were. And I showed them the board and showed the shot count and said, we're the better team. Uh, let's go in it. Let's not, let's not, not let, allow them to take our ring away. And the girls jumped on that as emotionally down as they were, and game started we were all over them again and we scored in the first minute and a half and here we are national champs well if you're hearing this interview with jimmy elder and you're thinking uh, particularly for those that uh, listen every week to the united soccer coaches podcast if you're thinking the voice kind of sounds familiar or at least the name or also kind of the confidence as well it makes sense because if you remember doug elder we had on earlier this year and you talk about a man brimming with confidence uh, who's the head coach at Midwestern State which is also Jimmy's alma mater and I guess Doug's your mm-hmm. younger brother Midwestern State you were a captain for three years and uh, you know pretty good soccer and sounds like they're producing pretty good people pretty good coaches yeah well Midwestern uh, is a small town and it's outside the big city but they've always had a very uh, successful soccer program in the old days they didn't have American football they just had soccer and they had soccer scholarships one of the few places that did and I started out there a long time ago. My brother followed me up, and we're just a bunch of guys that love the sport, and uh, a lot of us congregated there, developed really good teams, had some uh, great players come out of there, and, man, a lot of us have gone into coaching um, since then, and uh, we're sprinkled all over all over Texas and in some cases around the country. Um, but a um, good, good bunch of guys, a, a, gr- a great school, a great soccer program, and uh, we're all proud to be part of it and have – been able to move into the the game itself and help at, at other levels with other programs and kids. Jimmy Elder played for the Oklahoma City Slickers, the Dallas Americans, and the Houston Dynamo of the American Professional Soccer League and the United Professional Soccer League. Does uh, your brother give you a hard time about coaching women, Coach? Talk to me about that transition. You know, before you get to that, man, you've done your homework. <laughs> you're, you're good. you got all the background on me. You know, a lot of people don't prefer the women's game. Uh, you know, I was in club soccer for a long time, and I had uh, really quality, really good men's teams, boys' teams. Uh, my daughter played. I got in on the women's side, and I really enjoyed the women more because I, I'm a, I'm an old school kind of coach, and the boys are driving me crazy. And the boys are different today, and you can't just, you know, you can't treat them like we used to treat them. So the women's side, something about the women that they really appreciated um, knowledge, and they would listen and they would learn. They try to do it right. Very team oriented. They love their team. They want to do whatever's best for their team versus themselves. And the tacti- tactical side was was uh, uh, stronger on the women's side. They, they they pay attention. They want to do it right. And I enjoy the tactical side so much that I kind of just started to flow towards the women's side. Um, 
and uh, I was successful there, um, and I just decided to stay on it, stay on it. And uh, um, my brother loves the men's side. It's fast. It's quick. It's it's competitive. Um, so, yeah, he gives me a hard time occasionally about being on the women's <laughs> side, but it don't matter now because I got a ring and he don't. And, uh, <laughs> women, men, children, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you do have a ring, no doubt about it. The Bears are the NJCAA Division Three National Champion. We're talking to their head coach from Brookhaven, Jimmy Elder, and he did a great job talking about uh, kind of this gem for Midwestern State. Why don't you try to do a good job talking about uh, what makes Brookhaven College so special as an institution and sure. an athletic program? Sure. Well, we're, we're a two-year school, and it's an unbelievable opportunity for a lot of kids that are good soccer players, but they just can't afford the four-year school, or they don't have the academic support at home, although they're, they're smart kids and, and they need some direction. So we search for those kids, and uh, the school itself is, is in North Dallas. It's a beautiful area. It's on a beautiful campus. Uh, it's, it's high-tech. It's got all the, the greatest stuff in the classrooms and the, and the teachers. Um, and as far as the athletic facilities, um, we've built a beautiful soccer complex. We have state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, we train them uh, like pros. And, and what we try to sell our recruits on is that you'll have the best soccer you can find in, in two-year school uh, in the country. And at the same time, uh, you'll get a great education. It's extremely affordable. It's, you're not going to pay any more anywhere else in the country. And then we're going to pre- prepare you for that uh, four-year school and help you uh, get some some soccer money, if at all possible, uh, and I'll, but also help you uh, find a program that will suit you and you'll be able to get your edu- education fulfilled at a great school. Um, and so that's kind of our angle and our approach, um, and uh, we've been very successful in this Dallas area, in this Texas area, bringing in, in players that, that fit that kind of profile. Well, Jimmy, you've got the ring. Usually, there's no guarantee, but usually the winner of the NJCAA Division Three title. In fact, uh, almost uh, categorically, every national champion usually walks away then with the United Soccer Coaches Coach of the Year in their division. That means uh, you get presented as well at the uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. If, in fact, you do win that award, can we expect to see you in January in Philadelphia to accept yep. it, Coach? No, yeah, I've been going to that convention for 12 years, 13, 14 years, and I've uh, never been to that awards ceremony. Uh, that would be a first, and there's not a whole lot of firsts for me to get <laughs> left in the game, <laughs> as old as I am, but that would be a first, so I would definitely be there, and that would be a feather in my cap. And By, by the way, one of the things that I would like to mention is, uh, for the first time in a really long time, I don't know the history of it, but we were able to win the conference, win the conference tournament, and then win the national championship, so... Um, just, you know, it's been a triple crown year. I'm so proud of my girls. I'm really happy for them. They are, you know, most of my girls have never won a championship. And so they're on cloud nine. We've, we've, soccer's been able to take them places that nothing else could. And, uh, so it'll, it'll be something they'll remember the rest of their lives. And hopefully, um, they'll, they'll move forward and, and pass, pass the, the love and the success along to others, uh, as they, grow into the game themselves. Well, and I hope you get to kind of pass that ring and also the, perhaps the Coach of the Year award in front of Doug. Uh, did, I, did I hit that right, that uh, Doug doesn't lack in confidence? <laughs> you got that. <laughs> I was wondering about that one, too. I said, man, he's got Doug on all avenues. <laughs> Well, Jimmy, you done your research, or you just know him real well. Well, I certainly enjoyed uh, the conversation. Uh, the elders, uh, great name there in Texas soccer, and now nationally as well. Well done, Jimmy Elder, head sure. coach of the Thanks Brookhaven College Bears Athletics Women's Soccer Team, the NJCAA Division Three National Champions. How's that sound? 
It's awesome, man. I'm very happy about it. I'm very pleased you even called me. All right. We'll see you in Philadelphia, okay? All right. Look forward to it. Okay. Jimmy Elder led Brookhaven College out of Dallas, Texas to the NJCAA Division III Women's National Championship. Ken Gavin led Genesee Community College out of New York to the NJCAA Men's Division III National Championship. And he is up next on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Once again, here's Dean Linky. NJCAA Division Three National Championships were played this past weekend. And today we've got the men's and women's national champions, their head coaches. Men's, we're going to go Genesee Community College, the Cougars, and their head coach is Ken Gavin. Ken, you're a national champion head coach. How's that sound? It sounds excellent. Uh, every time I hear it, it sounds just as good. Well, let's talk about what took place this weekend as you knocked off Richland, I believe, in the final, the reigning champs to get the win. Talk about the entire weekend, Coach. Very exciting weekend, as you can imagine. Three games into fitting into four days with that intensity. It takes a lot of you know, emotion and a physical toil on the players. There's a deep team, and you always hope to go this far. So we've prepared throughout the season, you know, trying to rest people with the goal of hopefully achieving what every team wants. And so when we came to the three and four days, three games in four days, we had the mindset of trying to get people in and out of the games, keep people fresh, again, hoping that you go the whole way, so that way you can at least control the physical portion of it, the mental part, you know, it's, it's a lot of stress on younger kids to, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds to go for that national title that they've dreamed of, but, you know, they got there in the end, it's a wonderful feeling. Looking at the pictures as well, I noticed there was a couple players that uh, were injured maybe, so it sounds like maybe some players had to step up? Indeed, actually, one of the lads you saw there, he got injured, a very, very talented kid, got injured in preseason, tore his ACL, and actually had to have a second surgery. Uh, Homolu Sampaio is his name, had to have a second surgery to clear it up. And the second kid you see there is Kyle McMillan, one of the local lads. He, I believe it was his meniscus, it has to be confirmed, but in the quarterfinal. Very, very difficult on him, but he did play a part in the in the quarterfinals, so he did step on the pitch. Love your accent. We understand you came over from Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, in 1991. What brought you over, Coach? College and soccer, like like many kids these days. And where did you go? Did a couple of schools, but I ended up graduating from Brockport State. I had bad knees, so it turns out physicals are a little more stringent in America than they are in Dublin in the early 90s, if you know the doctor. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, you decided to stay, and you decided to stay in coaching. Talk about your process of uh, deciding to stay over here and continue your work in soccer. Long story short, there wasn't a lot of jobs available in Ireland when I did graduate. So, you know, I have dual citizenship now, so it was an easy enough process to stay. And I had a couple of kids here. I should say hello, Keen and Kira. I'll get in trouble if I don't mention their name. It grounded me here. I had root. I wanted to get back into football, and the job at Genesee Community College came along. Uh, Luckily enough, they took me on, and it's been 10 years now, but eventually got where we hope to be. I at least didn't start out thinking, oh, we'll be a national champion, but as we progressed over the years, you start to dream a little. Yeah, well, why not dream? When you started the season, uh, despite some of those injuries you talked about, did you feel like you had the kind of team that could bring home the title, Coach? Well, we had a very deep team. It sounds a bit cliche, but it was an actual team. of There was no 
out and out Doing superstars. We have obviously some very, very talented players, you know, win a national title without them. But we had no one, no Stevie G or Lionel Messi on the team just carrying us. It was team performance the whole way from goalkeeper to attack. Uh, we scored a lot of goals, but there was, I think, we scored 130 goals, but I believe our leading goal scorer had 17. And I want to say there was nine or ten players with nine or more goals. So as you could, it was spread out a lot. Okay, so tell us about Genesee Community College. Where is it located? What makes it so special? A uh, small enough school, uh, community college, that, you know, they tend to be small, in Batavia, New York. Halfway between Rochester and Buffalo, it's got it's a town of about sixteen twenty thousand people. It's a nice, small, safe town. It's a good it's a good environment to bring students into. You're safe. There's not a lot of distractions from your studies, and we've built a built a nice uh, soccer team here for them to play on. All right. Well, obviously, if you've been there ten years, you're liking it. So uh, I guess it's home now, Coach. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm there part time, so. School is very, you know, understanding of the fact I have a full-time job. And my full-time job is very understanding of my passion for the football. So, I, you know, I'm surrounded by good people. Tell us about your full-time job, Coach. I'm a director of recreation in a medical facility. I've uh, My degree when I graduated from Brockport was in psychology. So I work on a neurobehavioral unit. A lot of uh, patients with Alzheimer's and dementia and so forth. When you guys got back, and it wasn't that far away where the national championship was played, uh, did you get a call from the AD or anything special? Talk to me. Actually, the AD was present for the final and so was the college president drove down from Batavia as well which was you know, very nice of him to, to take the trip so they were on hand for the trophy presentation my AD actually pre- presented the trophy to me oh I love that I love that so he's certainly all in and knows what it means to win a national championship well talk about presenting something to you it'll mean now that uh, hopefully you can make the convention in Philadelphia because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're the coach of the year will you be there at the convention uh, I, I hope to there again, I, I have a boss to speak to about taking a couple more days off, but he's been very st- understanding so far. So nice to make the trip down. It's, it's not a huge trip from here either, a few hours. Well, over the years, you know, formerly the NSCA, now United Soccer Coaches, pretty good organization. Has it helped you along the way a little bit, Coach? I think it's a wonderful institution, especially in a country like America where soccer is growing. I mean, there's clearly incredibly passionate people in that environment, and they're, you can tell they're looking to to just do the best for the sport, grow it. I, I see the convention they bring in, world-class speakers. Every You, you can't not learn from a, from a group like that. It's wonderful. All right, his name is Ken Gavin. He's the head coach of the Genesee Community College Cougars. They are your NJCAA Division Three Men's National Champions. Ken, get used to hearing that. You get to hear it all year, okay? I like it. I appreciate that, Dean. Thank you. Okay, promise fulfilled. Two national championship coaches from NJCAA Division Three Men's and Women's, and we talked to them both. Coming up, our featured guest today, Christian Labors. He's the president of the ECNL. And the United Soccer Coaches and ECNL last week announced an exciting partnership. Christian Labors, we'll talk about that and oh so much more. He's coming up next. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, and we are delighted to be joined by a man who's becoming a regular on the podcast, and why not? He is a mover and a shaker in the soccer world, does so much work 
but he's also known as the president of the ECNL, talking about Christian Lavers. Christian, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Dan. I'm excited to be here and enjoy talking to you as always. Yep, same here, my man. And and one of the big reasons we want to have you on is the ECNL and United Soccer Coaches announced last week a collaborative new partnership to provide resources and opportunities to ECNL coaches and clubs and to launch a new honors and awards program for players. Now, through this relationship, the ECNL will become a United Soccer Coaches League partner and all ECNL clubs will become official United Soccer Coaches member clubs. Why was that partnership important to you, Christian? Well, there's a couple of reasons. The first being that yes, United Soccer Coaches now has, has a long history of doing really good things in education. And I've gone through a variety of their different coaching courses. And uh, I know probably most listeners on this show have, have been to something that United Soccer Coaches has put on at some point. But the quality of that educational content is, is really good. Uh, and we wanted to be supportive of that and provide uh, an easier path for our clubs to have access to some of that material. So the, the educational piece uh, was a big part of it. Uh, and then the, the awards uh, program that, that they have is pretty well known. I mean, if it's, not, if, it's the, if, if it's not the biggest college and high school awards program, it's certainly in the discussion. And uh, we felt that club players, uh, players that distinguish themselves in the top levels of club soccer, deserve the opportunity uh, to have the same type of recognition for their efforts. Because uh, I think recognition is, is a great uh, in, uh, incentivizer. It's a great uh, way to get kids to be excited and, and feel proud about their efforts and, and to get hopefully a lot, of, a lot of people to work even harder on their own development uh, because, because of the, the opportunity to be recognized in a different way. Christian Labor is talking about the new ECNL United Soccer Coaches All-America program based on player performances over the season and an objective recommendation and voting process, male and female all-conference ECNL teams and All-America ECNL teams at the U15, U16, U17, and U18-19 levels will be selected each season and honored at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. So you guys will just uh, join right in on the fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great, it'll be a great uh, celebration of, of all the different uh, parts and programs of soccer in this country. I mean, you'll have You'll have people getting awards for their performances in high school, for their performances in college, and now you'll have, I think, a, a new really strong platform for recognition of performances in top club soccer. All right, well, we've had you on before talking about uh, kind of where you are in this sort of uh, turf war, for lack of a, a better word. Give us up to date on uh, you know how things are going as U.S. soccer is also now in the academy world for women's soccer. From our perspective, things are going really, really well. We actually just had our first uh, national event of the season in Phoenix last weekend. And uh, as usual, it was an incredible atmosphere. There were great games, colleges all over the place, so the kids got a great opportunity to be seen. I mean, we had we had clubs that uh, had more than 100 coaches from 100 different universities uh, watch their teams over the course of the three days. So, you know, we're continuing to do what we think is right for American player development and providing these players with not just a stage to be seen uh, and, and, uh, and identified and recruited for collegiate soccer, but the environment that develops and, and encourages them to work, uh, work really hard on their game and then uh, one of the one of the big things this year is uh, that we're pushing is the concept of being more than a league, uh, and the holistic piece of development, and, and recognizing that you can be a, a great soccer player 
and have the biggest aspirations and dreams, and that doesn't mean that you have to give up everything else in the world. Uh, and really, if you're going to be a great soccer player, there's no reason why you shouldn't also be a great teammate, uh, a great leader in your community or in your club in other ways. And uh, we want to recognize that because we think it's one of the biggest pieces of, of youth sports is that holistic piece and using the game as a vehicle for lessons in life. And how specifically are you applying that holistic approach, Christian? Can you give some examples? Sure. Well, we, we've recognized uh, for several years uh, through a variety of different um, communications and, 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 me, and media platforms, players that have um, gone above and beyond in community service, players that have excelled in, in other areas, whether it's academics or in uh, other sports, even um, in recognizing uh, clubs and teams that show leadership and in taking initiative to, to make something better in their community or within their club. Um, we've also, you know, we have thousands of alumni now that have gone through the league and that uh, not only are in college soccer, but now we have more and more that are, uh, are out of college soccer that some go, uh, go into the professional ranks, as we all know, but most go on into other professions, whether they end up being in sales or they end up being in, in business or law or medicine. And we're trying to, to draw a bigger and bigger connection uh, between our alums who have moved on from college soccer stardom uh, onto professional careers and these young players who, who enter our league now at age 13 and have all sorts of dreams of soccer. As we know, those dreams shouldn't be exclusive of uh, dreams of performing on other stages and, and, and making a difference with the people around them and, and uh, looking at where soccer can take them off the field. So uh, we're going to continue to build those types of platforms, connect our current players to our alums, and, and hopefully make that, uh, that vision of where the game can take you on and off the field more and more of a tangible reality for these players. Hearing the voice of ECNL President Christian Lavers, you mentioned alumni. Rob Keogh is coming up to break down the NCAA Division One Women's Soccer Tournament. And boy, the parity right now for women's college soccer is incredible. And you know each and every one of those teams has probably several ECNL players on their teams, Christian. Yeah, we're, we're in the process of just uh, we, every year we try and, and, and keep track of where all the alums go. And we, we go through all the different conferences and you know, I think today, actually, the uh, Big 12, uh, our Big 12 alumni, College Impact, came out, and I think we're somewhere around 65% of all the players in the Big 12 and 70% of the uh, all-conference honorees this year. And so um, we're really proud of what those players have achieved, and uh, I'm sure they will continue to do uh, great things as they go along in their career. And uh, excitingly, we got a lot more coming up uh, behind them. You know, and, and uh, I think the, the path and, and the, the line of ECNL players that are making an impact in college is going to go on and on and on. And uh, now, obviously, on the boys' side, uh, we're just starting. We're in year number one, and, you know, we, we hope to see the same thing occur over the next couple of years on the boys' side. I'm glad you mentioned the boys' side because I feel like with you on, we can talk big picture. And obviously, the focus is on the ECNL, United Soccer Coaches Partnership. And we'll end with one more question about education. But before we get there, from where you sit, because you've got your hand on the heartbeat of soccer in this country, what went wrong with the uh, pursuit uh, for another World Cup and what needs to change? Uh, you know, I, I know that's a tough question, but I figure you might have an opinion on it. I don't think it can be easily identified or just you know point your finger at one, one thing or one moment. 
Um, but I think what 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 that uh, you know unfortunate uh, result has done is provide an opportunity, hopefully, for some introspection uh, and hopefully for some discussion across all levels and platforms of the game. Um, and I think you've you, you've had these conversations with with Anson and probably with Ian Barker and with with others. Uh, and I think Sasha Sarovsky came out and had a great article uh, a week or two ago. Uh, that really, I think, what we need is a recognition that all the different people and platforms in soccer in this country need need to come together um, and recognize and support each other, uh, and not look at everything as a zero sum game. Because I think collectively we have a lot more in common than we have differences. Uh, but collectively we also can. Uh, I think solve problems that would be much more difficult or take uh, much longer to solve individually. And wh- when when we look at the size of our country, the diversity of background uh, of all the players and all the coaches and leagues, I think what we need to find is a way to recognize the value and importance of all different soccer platforms and help all of them get better because you never know where the next national team player is going to come from, where the next superstar is going to come from. Um, and it would be, to me, very, very short-sighted for us to continue uh, and say that there's only one path that you can take for greatness, um, because it just doesn't make sense in a country this big and this broad and this, this vast. And I think hopefully, you know, out of this uh, negative situation, maybe there can come a coalescence in some way uh, of the soccer community. Well, and I think that message is paramount to even the partnership with the United Soccer Coaches because that's you showing, again, that there's not just one path and we all need to continue to grow and learn. And one of the first things you said was the key part of this partnership was education because if your coaches are getting that education, it's going to make them better, it's going to make the kids better, correct? If you did have to pick one area where you can make, I think where an, a, a big impact could be made in a relatively short period of time, it is in education and it's at all levels of coaching. It's making uh, every level of coaching education more accessible. So whether that's uh, looking at new and different delivery platforms, I had a conversation the other day with somebody where you know you think of uh, in, in academics and graduate school, there's been sort of a reexamination of the MBA model, and is it is it uh, is it as valuable in the way it's currently delivered, or is an executive MBA or, or these uh, part-time or night MBAs more practical? and more user-friendly, and, and I think that reflects a really important need to look and say the first thing we have to do with education is make sure that as many people as possible have the opportunity to, to take courses, to get information, and to raise their level of understanding and knowledge, um, because you can have the best education process in the world, but if it's too expensive or it's, it's too difficult to get to, or it's too small in terms of its uh, participation, we're not really accomplishing anything. And so I think United Soccer Coaches has done a wonderful job um, of, over many years of not only providing great product, but continuing to innovate and continuing to kind of push the boundaries on finding new ways to, to educate and finding unique programs, whether it's for you know the dad or the mom who's just, starting to coach because their kid is playing and they need some pretty basic stuff and help, um, or whether it's a, a top-level coach at whatever level, club, high school, college, who's just looking to connect with other experts and, and, and gain an idea or two that will help make him better. Um, really, that's, a, that's the place that we can get 
more people into more education programs, I can't see any way that doesn't make uh, soccer better in this country. Okay, speaking of making soccer better in this country, how many people have called you and said, hey, it's almost double-digit names now running for president of U.S. soccer. It'd be nice to see Christian Lavers on that list. Give me an honest answer, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I haven't dabbled in that type of politics before, so... Uh, you know, I think I'm uh, just providing opinions to those who want it, and uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting race. I mean, it seems to get more uh, more uh, interesting every day. Well, congratulations on the partnership for you with ECNL and United Soccer Coaches. It looks to be a great one, and the awards will be awesome as well. That probably means I'll get to see you up close and personal as well at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. So, Christian, always great to have you on. Congratulations on all you're doing. Hey. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, and thanks for what you're doing as well. Christian Laver's always fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, how much fun has it been every week talking Division One soccer men and women's style with Rob Keogh, the director of college programs for the United Soccer Coaches. He'll cap the show next, right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Last week, we let off with Rob Kehoe. This week, he will cap our show as we take a look at Division One Soccer. Rob, thanks for being on the program. Very good to be with you again, Dean. One weekend done with the Women's NCAA Division One Tournament. What are some of your thoughts on the opening weekend? Well, the primary thought is parity. Typically, in the opening weekend of the Division One Women's Tournament, we see what would be classified often as blowouts, where you have 7-0 scores, 8-0 scores, a lot of shutouts, a lot of big scores. But this year, it was not the case. We had many, many really tight games, and some examples of that would be, for instance, Duke, who has been rated number two in the country. They had a 1-0 squeaker against North Carolina Greensboro. Texas A&M, that's really been on a roll, and winners of the Southeastern Conference tournament. They beat Lamar 1-0. Last year's national champions, USC, Southern California, they had to go into double overtime to win 2-1 against Eastern Washington. And then Auburn, they had a tough game against Hofstra. They go on and win 1-0. So those are some examples of very close games, and there are many others as well. And there were very few in the category, as I mentioned, of blowouts. Four top 25 teams knocked out, Rob. Yeah, surprising, first of all, that Central Florida got knocked out. Central Florida's had a very good year, including their win against North Carolina, and they lost 1-0 to to Washington State at home. Then Ohio State out of the Big Ten, they were hosting Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt's had a very good season out of the SEC, also some big wins. Vanderbilt goes to Ohio State and wins 2-1, to and then Georgetown a last year Final Four team. They had to go to Wake Forest. They went 0-0, and then they lose in penalty kicks. So Wake Forest advances. Georgetown goes home. And then Santa Clara, we've been talking about those as we, or Santa Clara, as we've been looking at the final parts of the season, and Santa Clara's been on a roll. And they had to go to Cal, and they beat Cal 2-1. to 
So Cal's out of the tournament. Santa Clara has to go across the country, as they did last year, and almost got to the Final Four, traveling out of the West, go back East. They have to go into the South Carolina pod this weekend. All right, you mentioned those pods. Break them down for me. Well, first of all, Texas A&M hosts Notre Dame, and in their pod at Texas A&M, Baylor plays Southern Cal. UCLA also hosts, and they host Northwestern out of the Big Ten, who squeaked by Butler in a PK. Pepperdine and Virginia will play. There'll be a lot of blue and orange on that field at UCLA. Then Stanford, that had probably the biggest win over the weekend, a 9-1 win in their game. They play Auburn. Auburn has to go across the country to play Stanford in that quad also. You have Florida State playing Arizona. Then we go to Duke. Duke plays Oklahoma State. Then Clemson plays Texas. Another game, a lot of orange on the field. Then the Tar Heels will host Colorado. NC State has to go through the research triangle over to Carolina, and they'll play Princeton out of the Ivy. South Carolina has been tremendous over the last couple of years. They'll host a tough Wisconsin team. And then Santa Clara will also be in that pod, and they'll play tough Vanderbilt. Florida will host South Florida, and South Florida's had a very strong ending of the season. And then Washington State has to go back across the country again, and they'll play Tennessee in the final one. And this might be the toughest pot, where you have West Virginia hosting, and they play Rutgers. Then you have Penn State playing Wake Forest, and that's going to be a tough one in Morgantown. So those are the pods and the matchups for the Division I women's tournament. This is going to be a tough weekend to try to get through this two games. So the ones who come out of this are going to be breathing a, uh, an air of relief so that they have a one-game pod before they go to try to qualify for the College Cup. All right, great breakdown of the Women's Division One tournament. The men's field, 48 teams, was announced on Monday, Rob. Yep, and this is the tough weekend for the Division One men. As you said, 48 teams, and this is a Thursday-Sunday format where the women's is a one-game weekend opener, then they go to a two-game second weekend, a one-game quarterfinal weekend, and then they go to the College Cup. The men open up with a two-game opening weekend, a Thursday-Sunday, then they go to a single-game weekend, a single-game quarterfinal, and then they go to the finals for the College Cup with the semifinals and finals. So Thursday will open up, and then the next games are Sunday. Everybody pretty much, no matter what they've done, cash out and look at their record right now at 0-0-0. Records, rankings, reputations, resumes, and RPIs don't mean anything anymore. It's now game time inside the lines. And the teams that are coming out hot right now are Wake Forest, uh, although Wake Forest had to go to a 0-0 PK win to win the ACC championship. But they've had a terrific season. Stanford continues to be on a roll. Akron, as we've been talking about over the last number of weeks in the podcast, they continue strong. They beat Western Michigan 3-1 to in the MAC tournament final, and they'll be hosting this weekend. And then Wisconsin. Wisconsin's been playing very strong. They had a big weekend winning the Big Ten tournament, beating Michigan 4-0. And then Indiana in PKs. 
So they're coming out of their home turf in Madison, and they play UIC, and the winner there goes to Notre Dame. And then another team that's been pretty hot has been SMU, and SMU will host on Thursday, and the winner of that game versus Central Arkansas will go to Georgetown. So there are going to be some really interesting games on the men's side just to get out of Thursday and then to see those Thursday teams go to meet the seeded teams at home uh, on Sunday. So we'll see how that all shakes out in week one of the men's tournament. Well, that only means one thing, Rob. That means we're going to have to have you back next week to get us caught up. Is that okay? Absolutely. This is an exciting time of the season. Much drama and some great stories as we come out of each weekend. Rob Keogh, the Director of College Programs for the United Soccer Coach. is always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us, Rob. Okay, Dean. Okay, indeed. Another great program as part of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. want to congratulate once again our NJCAA Division Three National Championships. Coach Ken Gavin from Genesee on the men's side and Coach Jimmy Elder from Brookhaven on the women's side. Also, Christian Lavers, the president of the ECNL, breaking down the new partnership with the United Soccer Coaches. I want to thank Kurt Austin, Ashley Goodrich, Sean Chevro, Lynn Burling-Manuel, the entire gang at the United Soccer Coaches. We'll be back next week for more champions right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Dean Linke. So long. The NSCAA is now United Soccer Coaches. Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join.